0: Nine thirty-six. Joining me now, our good friend Barb Lampson for Gardening with Barb and Karen. Hey, Barb, how you doing?
1: Hey, Karen, I'm doing just great. Another beautiful day today, and I just—this is our last uh, Friday that we're talking about um, outstanding women, recognizing women, and we won't spend too much time on that. But I just wanted to mention uh, when I was very young, my mother was would talk about Eleanor Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt's wife, the president's wife, and how when he had polio and he was unable to travel, how she would go out and she'd speak on his behalf. And and there was, uh, she would tell me about a mining, uh, a mine where the uh, laborers were, striking for higher wages and how she went there. And, and just just a remarkable person considering that the time that was so unknown for a woman to take over for the president like that in an unofficial capacity, of mm-hmm. course. But So anyway, big news, good yes. news in the paper today. I get so excited when I read something about this. You know, we both know and love pollinators. And you have brought to my attention the rusty patch bumblebee.
0: Of which I have on my lakeside property. You know, I planted uh, plants specifically for that. And the, the goal is they, they need little uh, pollinator highways because they need the food to get from place to place. So I'm so excited to say that I actually have some on Lake Washington.
1: Yes, and here's the big news, Karen. So the sad thing was, um, well, the good news was in 2017, they were put on the protected list because we were losing habitat for them. Right. Well, in 2020, they were taken off from the
0: protected list because... Really? Uh, I guess yes. I didn't even know that.
1: Yes. And because the um, um, uh fishing Game i Wildlife said... There, there was no longer there was plenty of habitat and there was no longer need to protect them well this year now a uh, group of concerned uh, conservation people have joined together and have filed a petition to uh, congress to put them back oh. on that protected list because they said what what uh... Uh, Fish and Wildlife said was, was incorrect, There that there was plenty of habitat. That's true. There's habitat, but the habitat in... Um, and they cited uh, things like roadways and ditches and things like that. Those things are sprayed with what's Roundup or glyphosate yes. and also the neonics. And so our wonderful friend, The rusty patched bumblebee was going in there eating those and dying so now it's it's up to congress to to say yes uh, the science is in we do need them back on the protected list so any influence you have write a letter and uh suggest to your congressperson that that's that they're definitely insured a place that it's a a federal law that they are protected.
0: Well, so- uh, a big reason why I got involved in actually creating this habitat for the Rusty Patch Bumblebee, because there was a program called Lawns to Legumes, which is a statewide yep. program where you could apply and get a grant. And if you were in the right area and agreed to do the right things, you could get a grant. So, And you had to put so much in and of your own dollars and labor and that sort of thing. But I got a grant of $300, which is the, the most amount you can get for an individual, and of course, I spent way more than that in in time and and other, you know, money and things. But to me, it was worth it in creating. But that was my incentive; I needed because I was always going to do something on my shoreline in terms of a buffer, and right. this was just the thing I needed to push me to say, "I'm going to do this," and I did. So I can't wait to see it come back this year. And I uh, I think they still have that program. Uh, there's deadlines and things. So if you want to look into it, it's lawns to legumes to encourage people to, you know, put more of the The uh, things that help the the pollinators in versus just plain turf grass. And I don't know, I think I mentioned to you before, I am getting what's called um, mini clover. And it's like a regular clover except it's just a smaller version. And I am mixing that with my turf grass. So I will have this this mini clover which will bloom and it's the blooms that the uh, pollinators need that makes it great within my grass. So what will happen is, you know, when the grass goes dormant in the summer, it turns brown because it's, that's naturally what it does. It's a cool season grass and it turns brown. Well, this will keep the grass looking greener because the the uh, clovers will stay green, so my lawn will continue to look nicer. And do you know, in the past, clover used to be a regular seed mixed with all grasses and for some reason somebody decided, oh, we just want plain turf. Um, and so... I hope that more people will realize how important it is to bring this back into our our lawns.
1: I hope so. And here's the thing about grass. This is a great segue because uh, I had a couple of questions. Now, you may see uh, your grass, which has spheres. It comes up. And then you might see something that's rounded uh, with a rounded leaf. Well, just don't go digging those things out so that is the clover that you it may have been uh, seeded in there by birds or however or maybe you had a mixture in your in your grass seed but don't go digging things out until you know what they are this is a beneficial thing for you and clovers are a legume they fix nitrogen and what does grass need they need Nitrogen.
0: So it's auto, yeah. So the thing is, with the clover in your grass, it's automatically fertilized. So you don't have to because that nitrogen is put in there by the clovers, and you don't have to add fertilizer. And that's the great part; you save money too.
1: Yeah, and so the other thing is, uh, grass grows best at a temperature of between fifty-five and sixty-five degrees. Right. Now this is our turf grass, so people are saying, "Well, is it time to fertilize?" No, no it isn't.
0: Because Terrible idea.
1: Right, right, exactly. The best time to fertilize is in the fall, so the roots can take that up and store it, and they can use it when they need. But it's not growing actively right now. It's greening up, but you don't want to do anything to stress your lawn, and you can actually do that by fertilizing too early. The other thing is, if you do have spots that you want to put... Um, some kind of a cover crop in, or you're going to use a a turf grass blend again, well, uh, when in April is when the university recommends that you start seeding that in. Not now, it's still, and the soil um, is too wet to be out digging around in. So, uh, and if you have an area like that's in a shady area, you might have to wait even longer because, you know, the soil warms up uh uh faster in those sunny areas than it does in the shady parts of your yard so so think about that before you want to get out there and start doing something fertilizer right now wouldn't be wise for you
0: right so yeah just just wait and don't be raking yet either i think a lot of people being that monday's going to be 70 some degrees it's going to be beautiful you want to be outside but you know don't start the raking yet it's just too early
1: yes you know I I listened to El Bat and I just oh. <laughs> I, I I love I, what he has to say about birds and and we got his a Minnesota guide to or not his but he recommended the Minnesota guide to uh, birds here and we're sitting with the book and and we're getting better at identifying birds that are coming to our feeder because we down pat where their markings are at and then we can look them up so that's really good we were surprised to see that we had male jonquils at our platform feeder this week and in addition to that on the northwoods maple tree which has a crack in it and it is now uh, the sap is running down we had this honest to goodness big um uh, pileated woodpecker that was sitting up there on that crotch, and its head was going up and down, up and down, <laughs> up and down. It almost looked like it was mechanical. It was, it was taking in that sap so quickly. And then, after it got done in that spot, it traveled down about about six inches down the bark, and it sat and and took in the sap there. Then I watched it, and it flew to the backyard, and it went to our. Uh, flower and crab tree and it pecked around in the bark there decided that wasn't worthwhile and went back to the Northwoods Maple it was really exciting to see that beautiful bird.
0: Well, oh this my. morning when I was uh, in the bathroom getting ready, uh, fixing my hair, all of a sudden I could see in through the in the mirror through the window, which is right behind me, some movement. And the, the uh, birch tree was filled with cedar wax wings. So they must be coming back. And it was just a beautiful sight to behold as the all the, these cedar wax wings, which I don't normally see a lot of. But there was dozens of them. So this is a time of year. And my even my uh, 14-year-old son, Blake, was commenting how long loud it is outside now because of all the birds. So if you get a chance to check them out, go for it.
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, six o'clock in the morning um, when I'm up, I go out to bring in the newspaper and the birds are already starting to sing at six o'clock. Oh yeah. I mean spring is here. That is just a, a real, real joy to have that
0: happen. Oh Barb, you know what else is a sign of spring? I went out to the lake house last night. My crocus are blooming and I have Purple and white and yellow and orangish ones. And it was just so great to see the crocus blooming in that area. It's on the south side of the house, so it's a little warmer there, you know, kind of its own Mm -hmm. microclimate. But it was just really just awesome. And and it looks like the hyacinths are coming up and getting ready to bloom as well. I have been out spraying my tulips with the deer defeat stuff because I know that if they get the idea and know they're there, they they love them. So I'm trying to get ahead of them and uh, make them undesirable in terms of their their taste and smell
1: you know I love the crocus but I wish we could get them to last long
0: oh I know but
1: especially the big ones um, if you have an opportunity and you're gonna add some crocus look at the size of the bulb and get the biggest possible right. ones rather than the smaller ones the smaller ones naturalize they spread out and the bigger ones don't do that as much but when they're in bloom there, you can see them from a distance. They are really, really striking. So on the south, those are blooming. Uh, on the north side, uh, they're just up, and you can see there's potential there that the buds are starting to swell on them. But what I did was I pruned my rose bushes back, and I saved that uh, woody bark, which has got no, it's prickly in that.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, that stuff really hurts if you touch it. I know that much.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, I'm making little barriers oh. around things.
0: Are you sticking them in the ground so then if the deer or something get it, they'll get poked?
1: Yes. Oh. On the south side, that's what I do. But on the north side, the smaller pieces, I'm just kind of laying them strategic in areas. And the, also the north
0: side. <laughs> just so Dave doesn't go out and bare feet.
1: <laughs> no we have this is this is in the perennial border and so this is uh, for me only okay I, I'm the one that's gardening out there right but uh, we also have you know uh, redwood fence and then around the base and dug down we also have extra boards there to keep rabbits out and so for the most part we don't know that we have any but we don't want to get some, someone coming in the yard, having babies, and then then you have a problem. So we're watching very, very carefully, and, and we're being a little, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I,
0: I feel sometimes as a gardener, you know, part of my time is spent working in the soil. The other part is being a defense against things yeah, eating right, everything up. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. You know, another thing that's, that keeps its uh, leaves all winter long and is a joy to see in the spring are the or uh, the Lenten rose, mm-hmm. or somebody, some places they call them a Christmas rose, because in zones that are warmer than ours, they do they do get their flowers on during that season, that Christmas holiday season. Not here. We are a zone four. This rose used to be, this Linton rose used to be called, uh, zoned as a five, and people would have difficulty growing it. But now, now that we've warmed up enough, we, uh, and if you cover them, uh, you will get the foliage stays green throughout the winter, and they get the flower spike coming up. I don't have the flower spikes on mine yet, but I was talking to our fellow master gardener, Barb Maher, and she has, I think, five or six in her yard, and they have made that flower flower spike. She said it's going to be the best uh, crop that she's ever had. You know, we had a milder winter last year, and then we got lots of snow, and things stayed covered really well. So if you've never had that plant, um, there's, there's just... I was looking in one of my garden catalogs, and there's 15 um, of these hellebores that are now listed. And there's a series that's called the Honeymoon Series, Mm -hmm. and then also um, uh, a series that's called... wedding party
0: now they so. are pretty pretty expensive that i will say that that's one thing about them i've only got i had three i got one year and they're several years old now but i've just got the two that made it but so that's the one thing about them is is yep. they they do are kind of pricey but it's a, probably the thing where it takes a lot to propagate them i i've learned as i've you know, learned about propagating plants, how long it takes them to get to market. So I, I appreciate the how much they cost at times, knowing how difficult it is sometimes to, to get them to that point where they're viable.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. They do get they they put out a um, not a sport, but they get another little shoot, and uh, so it, that is one thing about them. But it takes a long time for that to develop. Yep. I also like. Um, a consideration here is they like more of an alkaline soil and our soil is pretty much neutral here around 6.5 to 7 so this would be the kind of thing that maybe you could
0: wait alkaline with. or acid do you mean because because i mean uh, mine is like a seven to, to eight which is pretty alkaline
1: oh so you should do really well with that You know that but after you uh, like I have uh, added so much organic matter in that so I'm pretty close to being neutral maybe a a little on the going towards the acid side at 6.5 but so consider that too and you can get fertilizers that uh, uh, would just provide that ph that you need for this plant beautiful plant just really really nice plant start out with one and if you like it and think it was worthwhile then then get some more you'd plant this to the front of your border this isn't a really tall plant it and uh, it likes a, a certain amount of shade you wouldn't well maybe you'd put it in the sun i don't know mine is sort of in the shady area but it gets what the helibars.
0: They get, generally uh, like like a little shade, I thought, because I've got mine yeah. in the shade, and maybe they do better with a little more sun.
1: I don't know. I'm getting, um, you know, uh, the morning sun that's coming in from the east. I'm getting that. So um, And then um, further down the border, um, they get the, the west. They get the sunlight from the west at the end okay. of the day. So uh, two different areas, and, and they're both doing about the same, I'd have to say. They're not they're not any bigger or smaller in either area. So, But just a really nice plant, as far as I know, they don't have a lot of problems with disease. They, like all plants, they like to be in well-drained soil. Don't put them into heavy clay or something like that. Yeah.
0: Well, so Barb, I uh, took all my elephant ears and my canna bulbs a few weeks ago and I put them in soil and I put them in the furnace room, um, you know, because it's warmer in there and uh, water them not you know not too much so they're not soaking or anything but i have noticed some movement and they're starting to get mm-hmm. little pips or whatever you want to call it on the top yep. not enough Excited. to take out of the dark yet because they like that i mean they, they they need light obviously but right now they're they're just breaking the dormancy so that's something a lot of nurseries do is do it early because otherwise if you can wait to put those can of, bulbs or other things in the ground probably late may or early june because it needs to be warm but i like to get a little head start like they, they do in great. the greenhouses yep. so they'll have a little head start on the the, the season
1: uh, and i took out a uh, out of my cold room the caladiums two pots of them
0: okay and
1: i started watering them and nothing yet they okay. are but what i did do is i uh, very carefully dug into the soil to make sure that the bulbs were nice and firm and as healthy as they were when they went in there in the fall. And they are. It's just, um, they just just have to take their own time to, to break dormancy. And, and that's good because there's plenty of time before we want to put those outside anyway.
0: And are you seed starting? Because I think uh, now we kept talking about don't start seeds, but the, yeah. it's getting time exactly. where you can start thinking about that.
1: Well, it you know it depends on what you're uh, doing. Yeah, what you're planting, and you know some things really are better off uh, direct seeded. Oh, for like sure. Your root crops, you know, your beets and your
0: radishes, uh,
1: carrots, and yeah, radishes. Those things you want to go ahead and direct seed them. And the same way I direct seed uh, the string beans, whether I'm raising them yes. vertically or in a row direct seed those
0: too because sometimes and- if you start them inside it's such a a shock to their system that they tend to lose ground if you transplant them so there's some that that really don't like to be transplanted including uh things like the um, oh, what was it zinnias i've tried to start zinnias early but then when i transplant them outside they just sort of blast so i always do those direct and they're so easy they're one that i would just wait to
1: you know if you are going to now this doesn't not root crops i, I wouldn't recommend that but if you were going to start some zinnias or marigolds in your house once they're up and then it's wise to introduce them to the outside gradually so they can acclimate as they go around because it, going from lights to the outdoor light is quite a shock to them so just bring them out gradually for an hour a day, and then increase it, increase it, and then plant them. You, if that's one way that you can have pretty good luck with that. water them, but don't keep them soggy when they're outside, and then put compost around them. If you've got some of that good uh, leaf mold, put that around them so they don't dry out, and they'll, do really, they'll take off for you.
0: Barbara, I do have some peas up. Outside, hey, I did the snow, I did the, the winter sowing kind of thing where I put them in soil, a, I don't know, it's been a few weeks ago, and just put them in the soil and put uh, milk cartons over top where I cut just the top so you, you can flip them back if you need to, The you know, the milk top sure. when they start to grow, but that gives them like a little greenhouse in there, mini greenhouse, and even if it snows, they'll still be protected, but I noticed some of them are, uh, have sprouted, and so I'll have an earlier crop and pretty soon I'll plant some more, so then I'll have a little later crop and so that's something, I mean, you could put those in the ground now, too, is like the peas and the cool crops, uh, things like that. And I just took, like I said, a, a milk carton and, and cut the bottom off and just stuck it in. And uh, Sure. Yeah, sure. so so I'm pretty excited about seeing something green coming up.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, my husband and I, we love coffee. I'm trying to switch the tea, <laughs> but I still keep going yeah. back to coffee. And I buy it in these, I suppose they're, They used to be three-pound cans, but they're smaller now, and they are made out of metal and the top. Once you take off the metal top, then you have a plastic lid to go on. And so I thought, you know, I think I could probably start some things uh, uh, that I wanted, that I needed to protect directly, and I would use this coffee can. I would shove that in the soil. Mm -hmm. I would... uh, make sure that the soil that was underneath it is, is has lots of uh, organic matter in it, so it drains, and I would plant some seeds directly in that. And I could use this plastic cover when it's cold to keep it warm in there. I'd put the cover on. On hot, warm days, I would take the cover off and, and see how that goes. Now, this is the type of thing you do if you have time on your hands, you see.
0: Oh, right, yes, uh, not everybody can, can do that. So. Yeah. Uh, The other
1: thing in my garden, um, uh, the perennials are starting to come up, you know, last uh, fall I decided to remove some of my hostas and I moved some, uh, what I call my pollinator garden, but it's really uh, more of a diversity garden where it has uh, just uh, lots of color in it and foliage and things that needed to be moved around. And things are starting to come up in there, and that is really, really nice. So um, that, I think, and maybe it's too soon to say it was a success, but I kept working on that and working on that and improving the soil. And I think I'm going to be really happy with having this different sizes, different colors of, of foliage and and the bloom's coming, I think that'll be really, really great, so we'll try that and uh, that's what gardening's all about. you know you grow something, you grow it successfully, and then you get you think, well, maybe i could maybe I could do something different with that. you know that area hmm that's about ten feet. What could I put in there that would look
0: different? <laughs> or like me, you just take out some more turf and plant something else
1: yeah right that's and, right, and that's true too, and then I have to balance that off with um might be easier to mow as I get older than digging weeds all the time and um, <laughs> watering and taking care of plants. So right. it's, it's always
0: that. Well, Barb, it's always great to chat with you. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm probably going to put a few seeds in this weekend uh, if I get a chance and uh, start a few things and uh, right. get my lights going. I've got uh, some herbs I'm going to be putting in, in my, yeah, some, oh, you know,